Steelers, start your engines! Welcome to the one place everybody wants to be. Victory Lane, your source for news, analysis, discussion, interviews, and more from the world of NASCAR. Now, here's your host, Davey Siegel. Welcome back, party people, to the place everybody wants to be. You know it. You love it. It is Victory Lane, the Jimmy Spencer edition, episode 41, or as my mom likes to call him, Mongo. Anyways, today you see from the episode title, Speed Weeks with Souza. No, it's not Todd Souza from the formerly known K&N Pro Series West, currently Arkham Art Series West. It is the man, the myth, the legend himself, joining me live to my right-hand side on the microphone, Kyle Souza. How the heck are you, brother? Good, good. We just had some dinner. Oh, I had dinner by myself tonight. You weren't yeah, with me. Yeah, I couldn't join you. I'm sorry about that. And now that. we're back at the racetrack, and I mean, you can't complain about this, can you? Yeah, no, you can't. We're at New Smyrna Speedway, so if you hear some ambient race car nyongs in the yeah. background, those are the uh, super late models here at New Smyrna Speedway qualifying for night six of the World Series of Stock Car Asphalt Racing. But we're going to talk about a lot on this show. We're going to talk about all the action we've had thus far from Speed Weeks, from New Smyrna to Daytona and everywhere in between, plus a preview of the Daytona 500. We're going to have a big time. We're going to have a fun time. Do you know how I start all my episodes, Kyle? I've listened to a few, but honestly, I can't remember. So you tell me. If I said it started with an R and ended with an egg-a tone, would that make a difference? Why don't you do it? I'll leave it to you. Count me down, please. Three, two... One. Live from Daytona, kinda, Close more enough. like more like New Smyrna. Welcome to Speed Weeks 2020. It's been a fun and a busy week of racing, and like I said, Kyle's here to break it all down with me. So we're gonna try and go in chronological order here. We're gonna start off with the Arkham Menard Series Lucas Oil 200, driven by General Tire. That was the event that took place this past Saturday night at Daytona. International Speedway. Michael Self wins it from the pole, leads almost every lap. Um, he actually entered as the only driver in the entire field with a win at Daytona. And like I said, Kyle, he pretty much just had command of the race throughout and got it done. Yeah, I can't remember a spot in that race that he wasn't in the lead. Uh, there might have been a few laps there, like you said, but really uh, crazy how dominant that car was. And nobody, strict to plate racing, typically people can get a run uh, and try to pass, but I didn't really see anybody be able to mount her charge against them yeah and we'll talk about it in a minute here once we hear from michael but Haley deegan came home in second place and she was pretty much the only car that on the final lap would have had a chance to get by michael self but she chose not to so let's hear from michael self himself along with his venturing motorsports crew up on the podium in the media center it's twice now that he's won at daytona and twice as nice could not be more correct you know, I, I tell people a lot, uh, one of the most important things to win this race is having a car that's stable and drivable. Um, speed isn't necessarily the main thing that, that wins you this race. It's being able to be um, either the, the car out front or the car in the middle of a pack and being able to hang on to it if you're getting bumped or after it or you've got a car on your side. Um, and, and Kevin and all the guys at the Venturini shop have done a phenomenal job giving us those cars. Uh, it just makes life easier for us, and um, it's nice to know you have a speed on top of it, so like you saw tonight when you're able to get with a couple of good cars and get out front and get single file, you know, as a, as a driver, that's exactly what you want and you hope for in this race. So props to those guys for giving us uh, both those things. Hey Kyle, do you listen to positive regression? I don't no. you know what it is. I do. I believe it's a podcast yeah, right? podcast with David Smith from motorsports analytics slash the athletic and Alan Cavano of Fox sports. Okay. I really admire David because he, the way he asks questions in general and just presents himself as top-notch just crazy i was able to meet him for the first time at daytona and it was funny because when he was asking this question to michael self i felt like i was listening to the podcast because i literally wrote in my notes the way he asked this question is mesmerizing mesmerizing i don't know why but it just is so listen to david smith asking michael self a poignant question about the fact of you know he's a veteran in the series he's racing around a ton of young guys and girls with relative inexperience and how he kind of handles that Michael, there have been a number of young drivers this whole weekend talk about what they are limited to doing, that they are 
kept to stay in line, stay on the bottom, and they don't want to cause a ruckus on the high banks because of their relative inexperience. Your experience precedes you. So I want to flip this question around on you. What do you have to do to adapt to a field that has a lot of inexperience? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, you know, this race really comes down to who you're around because you're at the mercy of everyone. You, know, you saw that last year. Unfortunately, I got wrecked on lap three just because we were around someone that was a little bit impatient. And that's a, a reality here. Um, but when you when you look at some of these younger people, let's say Drew and Ryan Rebko, for example, even Haley, um, I remember my first time coming here and, and I was stressed. I was nervous about this race and I remember just kind of wanting to get through it. I wanted to learn, but I just wanted to survive and, and not be the problem. Um, and I think when at least when I was in that situation, I was very timid. You know, I knew I wasn't going to hit the guy in front of me. I was just going to give a little bit of extra space everywhere. Um, and I think there was a lot of that going on tonight, but at the same time, a lot of these young kids are in, in really good competitive cars and they're learning every single lap. And so they're able to, to progress the entire field. Like you saw where we were able to get four or five cars, single file right there. Um, that shows, that shows kids, kids learning and, and, and being patient, which is the most important thing you can do here. So, um, I'd say there, there were times when my experience definitely helped. Um, one of the restarts where we were able to get back up into the, into the top three after we'd had a bad pit stop right there. Um, you know, using a couple of different things that I've learned here then um, and just kind of the last couple laps knowing about the gap you know what's behind you knowing if a guy is going to drop back to try and get a run on you to try and make a pass just being totally aware of that and constantly thinking about that versus anything else um, that's just something I've been fortunate to learn here super speedway racing five or six times now so Kyle as we said Haley Deegan comes home in second place she did not make a move at the end like I said we all thought. I mean, I thought she was going to. Absolutely. You, you thought she was going to make a move on the backstretch? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I actually was a little concerned for her that there might not have been enough cars left in that weed draft. I, I can't remember exactly. There wasn't that many. Well, it was a it handful. Was, it was self and first Venerini car, Deegan second, DGR. Drew Dollar was behind her, Venerini car. And then behind him was Thad Moffat. So she said afterwards that if Thad was in third, say that five times fast. Um, I can't. Yeah, I can't either. She would have probably had a better shot at getting past self. But Fair enough. As she says right here, um, she's going to walk us through the finish and basically talk big picture of things because she was fine running second place given the grand scheme of things. Pretty much at the end there, uh, I was just I, – all I wanted to do was finish. My goal for this race was top three or top five was a victory to me. And so uh, having Michael, I was like, okay, last caution. First of all, I was already just like, please let it go from that last caution before that. I was like, just let it go green. Like, I'm fine with third. Third's good. <laughs> uh, but then we ended up having that caution, and I was like, oh, my God, Michael's going to take the top. I know Drew would push him behind him. And so I was like – I told my spotter on the radio, I was like, come on, like, think about all the times I've let Michael, like, go past me and stuff for the championship last year. And I was like, I'll help him, I promise, I'll push him, like, I'll let him win. <laughs> and so that pretty much helped me in the end. Uh, I was totally fine with finishing second. I wasn't going to try to do anything to Michael. It's a, it's a long season. You have to race against these guys week in and week out. And so uh, it's best to stay on good terms with them. And she actually came over the backstretch, uh, over the radio on the backstretch, Kyle. And I remember her spotter, Eric Combs, is basically saying, just ride in line here, don't do anything. And she keyed up. I thought she was going to say, like, oh, man. But she's like, I gotcha. Like, su like super chill. Cool, comma, collected. Cool, comma, collected. And I was I was like, oh, wow. Like, nothing's going to happen? Really? Damn. Kind of surprising, actually. I, I was kind of surprised. But what she said at the end in that soundbite about staying on good terms with her competitors, I think that's a sign of maturity. And she spoke about that a little bit more as well. I'd say one thing I regret from the past, like, two seasons was making, like, uh, more enemies than I should have, more having more grudges than I should have, and that's something this season I really wanted to, especially coming to the ARCA series, a lot of new drivers, uh, I really wanted to stay away from that. I wanted to have people on my side. So when you do get in situations like where Michael is, where I'll, like we can help each other, and it gets him a victory, gets me a good finish, and we're both happy. So uh, that was really my goal. Second is a win to me this weekend, and I think winning the first race would have been a little too high of standards for the rest of the season. Everything would have been downhill, so at least we have something to work towards. <laughs> And Kyle, I mean, you you weren't at a lot of K and N races last year, but you Quite saw kind of you you saw from afar though. I mean, like Haley did not make a lot of friends. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, whether it was Jagger Jones, whether it was Todd Souza, Trevor Huddleston, even her teammate, she wrecked him to win a race. She did not make a lot of friends, and that was something that she was talking about. She she doesn't want to make a lot of enemies. She wants to make friends and have a good relationship 
on the racetrack. And even though she's 18 years old, she seems to be getting mature and more mature every single time she hits the racetrack. I wonder if the switch to DGR and Ford may help her to even do that a little bit better. Uh, and, yeah. you know, you you saw every single West race last year, but just watching them on what was Fans Choice TV, mm-hmm. now Track Pass. Um, yeah, I mean, she didn't seem like she made many friends. And when you watch them back on tape delayed broadcasts on NBCSN, the pit reporters, when they talk to the few guys that she got into a tangle with, uh, further confirmed that she didn't make any <laughs> yeah. friends. Yeah, and I mean, she was admitted to that, too. Um, so I think it's a sign of maturity that she's trying to put that by the wayside and kind of make friends on and off the racetrack with the drivers that she's going to be competing with full-time this year. One of those guys is Drew Dollar, who came home in third place, ran a solid race overall, ended up overcoming a pit road penalty towards the mid-portion of the race. He was a little frustrated, though, because he wasn't able to make a move at the end of the race. He kind of wishes that Venerini maybe would have had a better plan in place, but it was also one of those things where there weren't enough cars to make a move. So I'll let Drew tell you for himself. Drew, your first ARCA start and on a big track, too. So how much did you learn today? And then secondly, did some part of you say, all right, somebody come with me. I want to make a move at the end. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really have anything planned out at the end, unfortunately, but just learned a ton, learned a ton about drafting. And the side draft, definitely a big deal. But, um, yeah, I wish we would have come up with something at the end. But, um, you know, no one really had any. No one really had any plans. And we didn't. When the car behind us got to us, he just didn't have a big enough run, kind of stalled out. So, unfortunately, he couldn't do anything there. But the good part is we came home with a clean car and in a third place. Confidence-wise, this has got to give you a big boost of momentum heading into the rest of the year because this is a big-picture deal. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just, just working with the team, I really like them so far. So, And I know the rest of the year we're going to have fast cars. So, just really excited about, about how I was able to work with them this week and looking forward to the rest of the year for sure. Kyle, what did you think of Drew Dollar on Saturday night? He ran a partial k East schedule last year with DGR, moves over to Venerini, but it seemed like he impressed a lot of people working his way from the back to the front, albeit on a super speedway with, with really good equipment, kept his nose clean, and he was fast all night long. I think that's the biggest thing for me, kept his nose clean. Honestly, there weren't many cars that had a clean nose at the no. end of that race, and for him to make it through... Uh, I think it's a testament to his maturity in super speedway racing. You can probably correct me on this, but probably his first super speedway race, too. Maybe his first second. First Arca race ever. So, I mean, that's a big deal, too. Look at that. You got second and third place, two of the yeah. uh, their first restrictor plate races. And for him, I mean, he had a decent year in the K&N series last year. It wasn't yeah, bad. Yeah, it, it wasn't bad. Um, he did run a partial schedule because it was one of those things where I, I believe that I fi- found out that he wasn't going to run a full year, and it hit a point where it was like, well... We're not going to really win Rookie of the Year. It's more so to get experience, and we're going to try to put our resources elsewhere to try to have better performances at certain tracks. Plus, that was on DGR was running, you know, three, four trucks Crazy a week, amount. and they were still trying to build up their inventory. How about Jason White? I had never even heard of this guy up until this weekend. He's a Pinty Series veteran, and he ends up with a sixth-place finish. And he's Canadian, so you're going to love this post-race interview. But, I mean, you were watching. Did you expect Jason White? to wind up battling for a top five finish at of the all end? places to have a sixth place finish it has to be at daytona yeah of all places sixth place finish for jason white man you weren't supposed to be up there battling with those cars what were you doing well you know it was it was an up and down day you know qualifying fourth was awesome for us and the uh, andy hilleberg racing team but uh you know i i tried to stay up there at the beginning but they were just too rough and tumble and uh we had a little bit of problem on pit road there but uh put us back but we prevailed, and we the caution on lap 39 or 40 or whatever was really, really important for us because uh, we didn't get any fuel in the car on our pit stop. So the guys figured it out. We came in on that uh, on that caution. It was great, and uh, we, we fueled the car up. Started at the tail end, but I, I, I found my dancing partners back there, and I knew who I could draft with. And the next caution that came out, that debris caution, um, we gained a little bit. And then when that big wreck with my teammate there unfortunately happened on the back straightaway, that right there just put us right back up in the pack again. I'm with 25 to go, just same as I was last year. 25 to go, I was with the lead pack, and we just went with it and uh, rolled on up to sixth. Yeah. So were you at all at any point in the night surprised that you were up there battling? Or did you have confidence going in that you guys had the speed? Well, when I woke up this morning, I was going to drop back. Um, and then when I, I qualified fourth, I knew that I had to go. And, and, and I changed my, my thought process totally um, before the race. And I knew that, no, we got a car to go. And... Uh, I thought, man, I could win this thing. And uh, if I had somebody behind me in those last five laps, if I could have had a pusher and I could have went with Tad, 
we would have pushed right around the outside there and we would have we would have been even better right up to third probably or second even because uh i just didn't have it i needed someone behind me really and uh but you know we'll take it um andy tells me that's the best finish in a long time for uh, fast track racing um that's obviously my best finish uh here so uh we'll take it and uh we'll get ready for the truck race here uh next week all right a little peek behind the curtain here for you guys so we got kicked out of the uh, private suite. Yes, we did. That we were recording in. So these levels are going to be all messed up because uh, there's loud race cars in the background. So Kyle, here's what we're going to do. Hold the mic a little bit away from you okay. and just talk a little louder. Is that better? Let me get a mic check. Keep going. Check one, two. Check one, two. All right, two. keep going. Check one, two. Check keep one, going. two. Check one, two. Check all right, it's a little better. You know what? We're just going to wing it. Here Let's we go. Win it. Let's go for so it. So I think we were talking about Jason White, we right? We were, yes. So uh, he's Canadian, so I love listening to him speak. So did you expect him to be like battling for a top five finish? Because I didn't know that he existed before this race. Neither did I. Honestly, you want me to be 100% honest with yeah. you? I didn't know he existed until right now when you just told me this. <laughs> so he finished sixth he at Daytona. Sixth. Props to him. Kyle, it was also about learning for a bunch of drivers, just like we learned to book some recording space instead of Next having... Next time we uh, should probably do that. Yeah. We should, by the way, that guy that kicked us out was kind of an asshole. Yeah, I don't know what was going on with him. Yeah. Um, not having a good night. Yeah, not having a good night. He these did levels, offer to buy us a beer after, though. He did. Uh, these levels are also going to be terrible, so I'm going to have a lot of fun editing this in post. But it was about learning for a bunch of drivers. David Gravel included in those. It was actually his first stock car asphalt start of any kind, and it comes... At Daytona, he's a World of Outlaws champion, so the dude knows how to drive. But when I caught up with him afterwards, he was saying, "Man, I got to improve on a lot of stuff." I just put myself in a bad spot, made a couple of mistakes, and put me back in the pack, and uh, just got caught up in a wreck. It, it's all—it's pretty much my fault, putting me in that spot. But I mean, we tried to come back, then uh, just stuff kept falling off. Yeah, I didn't want to look anymore, uh, but <laughs> a lot more airflow in there just wasn't wasn't what we wanted. I wanted to be up front and uh, I cost ourselves that early on. So it's all, all on me and inexperience and, and, and uh, I'll clean those up uh, for next time. Well, I did a lot of pit road stuff, so um, <laughs> I'm fine on and off pit road from here on out. But um, I just know, I thought I was gonna get back to the four one time and I went three wide, I got out of the draft and I just made, made some silly mistakes. And um, it's just tough when you're running the bottom following a guy. I mean, you can't go anywhere. So once you're pinned down there, you're at the sake of everybody in front of you, and it cost me. So um, I had fun. Uh, I wish we could have done better, but uh, I guess we finished the race. That was my first goal, and uh, we'll move on to the next one. Hey, Kyle, you think you're going to name one of your kids Thad? No, no. What? Pretty pretty sure, you no. you think his real name's Thaddeus, though? No, I think it's Thad. You don't think it's Thaddeus? No, I'm pretty like sure. Thaddeus Young, the basketball player? I'm going to say no. I'm going to take right. a shout say no. All right. Well, Thad Moffitt, he also learned a bunch. And I, I'm going to call Thad Moffitt the new Chandler Smith in terms of speaking in interviews because Chandler Smith always said dude. And uh, Thad Moffitt also was the dude guy. So I hereby nominate him until Chandler Smith is old enough to run ARCA because he's not old enough right now. Listen to this, Kyle. He said dude, like, I think three times in this interview. Thad, first time at this track in an ARCA car. I mean, how much did you learn here today? Oh, dude, it was uh, it was incredible how much I learned. Uh, learned timing your runs and, and how these races go, dude. Uh, it was crazy from start to finish. I can't I can't say that I ever really caught my breath during the race. Uh, we definitely raced, raced our heart out the whole entire time. Uh, we had a little nose damage on the left front that hurt us there at the end. I was trying to trying to mount something from fifth, and uh, nobody was really moving, and uh, and it was just really tough. Uh, to get anything going there, uh, but but I'm very happy with performance plus with my performance plus uh, DGR Crosley Ford. Uh, can't complain about anything, man. Nothing to hang our heads about today. Plans for the rest of the year? Uh, yeah, so hopefully we'll carry this momentum into Phoenix and uh, continue that throughout the entire uh, 2020 season. Uh, right now we're planning on running the first uh, 15 races, but we need to secure some funding for the last five. Uh, but hopefully we can just continue a trend like this. Dude, that was crazy, huh? Why are why are all these kids not old enough or just old enough to run ARCA? But then you have people like David Gravel that's been around and yeah, and you got Michael kind of jumps Self. in and Jason White. Jason who, White, right. That, that, that's kind of what I like about ARCA, though, and I've, I've said that about the Chuck Series for a while. Besides, God, I love the Chuck Series, which I do. It's that the Chuck Series provides an outlet where you can have guys that are 16, 17, 18 years old working their way up through the ranks, and you could have guys like Matt Kraft and Johnny Sauter, Michael Self, Jason White that have been in the series forever and they have no plans of going elsewhere. And they're gonna stay there for the rest of their lives. So that's what I like about those two series. 
So that was actually my first Arkham and Art Series race that I covered. It seemed pretty fun, and it wasn't really a bad race. I know you were there with me. What did you think overall of the event? So I caught that one from the grandstands. Uh, a little chilly at were the Were you end with of the Papa race. Joe? I was with Papa Joe. Yeah. Yep. By the way, the Kyle's going to have his Boston accent come out eventually. Eventually it might come out. Uh, we it were will. up in the top, 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 top section of stands. I could basically see the beach, which is far away. Um, overall, typical ARCA race at Daytona, man. They I wrecked, disagree. They wrecked half the field, as usual. Okay, but they wrecked half the field, but it was like you expect way more carnage. That's and we'll get to the clash or the true, crash or true. the trash. I think it was not a typical ARCA race in the sense of there were no last lap moves. It's true. But I think actually 2019 there was a last lap move. There was no last lap move for the win. So in that respect, maybe we're getting some sort of pattern here with ARCA. But I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. Like It was a good race. I, I thought so as well. I think the best car won. I don't Absolutely. Really, I don't really think that's debatable. No doubt. So let's move a little bit uh, two days into the future. Down the road. Or I guess what? Three, two days in the past when we're recording this. What day is today? Wednesday. We still get thrown out of that suite too, so we got to deal yeah, with that. Yeah, that's true. We'll think I, about that. I hope that people can actually hear what we're saying. I, think I hope they so. Can. Um, so let's go to the Arkham Menard Series East. Skips Western Outfitters 175 at New Smyrna Speedway. Sam Mayer overcame some adversity. He fell back on the initial start. I believe he got bumped out of the way in turns one and two by Nick Sanchez, aka Nicky Bobby. Lost the lead late on a restart to Ty Gibbs with about 15 laps to go. And then he passes him back to win the thing. So Kyle, Sam Mayer ends 2019 with the win, and he starts 2020 with a checkered flag, a trophy, and victory lane. Can't be surprised, right? I mean, I was not surprised at all. Not at we'll all. talk about the guy that kind of stole the show, in my opinion, in a minute. But uh, Sam Mayer, good equipment, good driver, fair race with Ty Gibbs really at the end. They might have rubbed a little bit, but common yeah. short track racing. Robin's race. In front of, I mean, you were here, oh, packed yeah. house. I mean, this place was completely yeah. slammed. A lot of people, and I, I haven't been here like every year, like a lot of people, but a lot of people were saying that this is the most packed, Best or crowd was ever. the most packed that New Smyrna Speedway has seen in a long, long time. So I caught up with the winner, Sam Mayer himself. He actually opens up this audio bite by talking about the Ilmore versus the spec engine that he and his GMS racing team, which might have been some of the reason why he fell back a little bit on the restarts. Sam Mayer, a winner here at New Smyrna Speedway. I know last year you called this one of, if not your worst race of the year. And I know a couple times last year you beat yourself up pretty hard about restarts and your lack of uh, execution on them, I guess we could say. Tonight, you lost the lead on a restart, but then you got it back from Ty Gibbs and you wound up in victory lane. Put, put in a sense the emotion that went through those last 20 or so laps for you. Yeah, I mean, we had the spec motor and literally everyone else in the top seven had the Ilmore motor. So I think the Ilmore is a little bit better on the restarts just because of the fuel injection and all that. And, temperaments the throttle from going too much at one time so I, I think that's why we lost the restart but that first one I had uh, with Ty killed him uh, so I think he just spun the tires a little bit I mean everyone makes mistakes so uh, I mean he drove me up the racetrack pretty good right there so I was like I'm not gonna take that so I gave it a little bit back off off two and was able to get the inside and was able to drive away from there and uh, I think he used his stuff up a little too early uh, which gave us the lead and then the two car I didn't I didn't, my spotter never told me he was coming. I'm glad he didn't because I would have been crapping myself because he was fast. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, props to them because I've never seen their race cars go that fast. Yeah. And uh, I think they're going to be a really big contender in 2020. So, got to watch out for them. And uh, like I said, Ty is a really good racer and uh, it's fun to race against them and bump and bang a little bit. And it's just short track racing, it's a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully, you can continue to do it and hopefully, we'll continue to be on top at the end of it. There's a long red flag there. What was going through your mind in terms of setting up for what would be a 25 or so lap dash? Oh my god, that red flag was killing me. Like <laughs> I, my water bottle holder thing like fell out, so I didn't have any water the entire race. So I'm, I'm literally still right now. I'm dying. <laughs> um, I drank half of my uh, Victory Land water because I was so thirsty, uh, and then during the red flag, they gave, they gave us lukewarm water. So. That was unfortunate. So I was really looking forward to cold bottle of water, but uh, it's all good. I mean, it, that's what so that what, that's what makes a race car driver is being able to drive through that, and uh, that was a lot of fun. And hopefully, continue to do this. Kicking off your season with the win, obviously uh, a big boost of confidence heading into what could possibly be a repeat championship season. Any reason why you guys can't keep this momentum up and win again at the next race and 
Maybe sweep the whole damn year? I mean, that we're looking forward to that. Uh, Is that like a realistic goal that you're thinking about? That's what I'm trying to do. Uh, now, this year's going to be a lot harder than last year, and we were only able to get four wins last year. So uh, it's a very, very long shot. But, uh, I mean, we're one for one right now, so might as well right. think that while we can. You're batting a 1,000. <laughs> yeah. So, Kyle, you tease it, and I could not agree more. Sam Mayer won the night. But Derek Griffith and Chad Bryant Racing, they stole the show. Absolutely stole 100%. the show. 100%. He was the man. Um, I don't know how and he, I don't know how him and Chad Bryant Racing did what they did. But to put a backstory on it, and he'll tell you, this deal came together so late. The Wednesday before the actual race, got fitted for the seat. Monday or Sunday morning for the optional test was the first time that he saw the race car. Paul Andrews, his crew chief, Alan Kowicki's Cup Championship winning crew chief, Chad Bryant Racing, as Chad is going to tell us in a minute, fighting for their lives as an organization. They lead the most laps, the opening 140-something. Yeah. They end up pitting for strategy, and then they work their way all the back up, all the way back up to the field. They almost win the thing. Yeah, I mean, that kid is, that was really, really impressive. I was really impressed. And I've seen him a lot up in New England, and I know he's got talent. He's uh, from New Hampshire. New Hampshire. But to do that in that field, that was, that was a pretty stacked feel. It was a lot oh, of good yeah. cars out there and to do that, especially to come from the back after he got a penalty, had to start basically the last car in a 20 car line and still almost win. Props to him, man. That, that was impressive. Fun was, to watch. Too. It was really impressive. Really fun to watch and I don't know why I like, because I did see him earlier in the day, but when I heard the name Derek Griffith, I just figured I was driving for Chad Bryant Race and he's probably like, you know 30 something guy. Yeah, How old no. is he? Like 18? Yeah, he's barely of legal age. Yeah, he's a young guy and as we're recording this, last night he won the Super Late Model 35 lap feature too. So Probably win another um, one. Yeah, he probably will. So let's hear from Derek, the man himself, who came home oh so close to getting that victory. And if it wasn't for a pit road penalty for pulling up to pit, because he wasn't really familiar probably with the work on NASCAR rules, he definitely would have won. Because he would have had, what, two, three more laps to try to get back up there, and that's all he would have needed. Yeah, he probably would have been five or six cars further up in the field. So, yeah. I, I mean, I... I can't guarantee anything, but I think it would have a better shot. Definitely. Can't guarantee anything in racing, but man, I can guarantee you this. Derek Griffith, he's a heck of a race car driver. Derek Griffith put on a hell of a show. I think Sam Mayer won the night, but Derek, you might have stolen the headlines. I mean, starting from the pole, late entry to this race, pit road penalty for pulling up to pit, make your way all the back through the field, have a shot to win the thing on the white flag lap. I don't even know where to begin. I'll just let you take it. How the heck was this race for you? Oh, man, it's, it was uh, up, down, up, down. Yeah. You know, man, we started just like we were just had a really blistering pace, and I really didn't even have to use that car up one bit. Uh, we really, really had an excellent car tonight. That Chad Bryant racing worked their butts off these last days. I told everyone today, I can't believe how hard those guys work. But they got that thing dialed in perfect. Um, I've learned so much in the last two days. Uh, and, you know, I mean, Hell, we, we, I think we led 140 laps of the thing on the same set of tires. So yep. we, uh, I don't know, man, we definitely hurts a little bit. And uh, we're uh, going to hopefully look forward and uh, maybe I'll get another shot in, uh, in this car and get, get the race a little bit more. I, man, I hope, I, I hope someone sees it and thinks I deserve it because we definitely would need the help. So, um, I, like I said, I just want to thank those guys again. I can't believe how cool it is to work with Paul Andrews. I mean, Alan Kowicki's crew chief when he won the Cup Series championship. I was part of the Kowicki program. Just just such a cool weekend, you know. So tell me a little bit more about how late this deal came together and then how it came together in general because it seems like one of those crazy stories. Honestly, it was it's crazy. So we were coming down here for Speed Weeks, and uh, we got a call from him a, a couple weeks back. In, uh, they from Chad Bryant. From Chad, and uh, they talked about maybe doing something, and we deal never manifested and uh wednesday we saw him in daytona and it just happened literally just happened that's it and uh you know i got he's like hey uh meet me on sunday at uh 6 30 in the morning we'll get you fitted for the car showed up here first time ever laid eyes on the thing was uh yesterday morning and uh you know like i said those guys just worked real hard it's such, it's such an honor to be part of that team for uh for this race and just crazy story i'm gonna i'm probably i'm never gonna forget this one yeah did you expect to be this competitive? I mean, I get that you first saw the car yesterday, but when you jumped in it today, it obviously had speed. Did you expect to be this competitive? I thought we'd be pretty good after yesterday's practice. I think there was going to be four dogs in the fight, you know, um, the 21, the 19, and us, and uh, probably the one car. And um, 
I mean, I didn't think it would have been that much of a, a strong showing, you know. Uh, I mean, it felt like I rode around for 140 laps, and they said I had a, you know, half a straightaway or straightaway lead at some point. On the same set of tires. Yeah, on the same set of tires, and then I took off from them when they put stickers on. So, I mean, I, I, that doesn't speak for how good of a car that, that thing was. And I mean, I don't know what else. I, I couldn't ask for a better car. And just uh, like I said, just we screwed up a little bit on that pit road deal, but you know, at least a good show for the fans. You think maybe in hindsight, if you didn't pull up to pit, and obviously that was kind of an honest mistake, your first start in the series, you think maybe if you didn't have to start at the tail of the field there, you may have had a better shot at the end to pass them? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, they just kind of rushed me in a little bit to, to get in. Uh, I, I don't you know I don't run really NASCAR yeah, rules yeah. too often, so I just listened and pulled in, and uh, then they told us that they were penalizing us. So um, big bummer. If uh, I wish we didn't have so many yellow uh, yellow flag laps yeah. that counted, and uh, I probably would at least had you know a shot at it. But um, yeah, you know it is what it is. Honest mistake. We can move forward for sure. Hell of a job, man. Thank you. Let's hear from the owner himself, Chad Bryant. He was also actually a tire changer during the race. Did you happen to see that? I did not. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either until Shannon McIntosh, one of our compadres, she told me. We know like, hey, Shannon. Chad is actually changing tires. He's doing what he's got to do. And he was actually making fun of uh, Billy Venturini. He was like, yeah, I'm over here changing tires, and uh, Britney Spears over there has got his head sped on. Or fair something. enough, fair enough. But Chad Bryan, he actually opened up to me. You know, He's basically saying, you know, we're fighting for our lives here. Ford Performance dropped us. We don't have a sponsor. We don't have a full-time driver. We'd like to run more races in ARCA. We may show up to Xfinity, Truck, ARCA. We don't know, but what we do know is that they can set up a race car, and they make it fast. Chad Bryan. Man, I don't even know where to begin, but Derek Griffith, what a wheel man, huh? How about that performance? Yeah, Derek Griffith done a really, uh, did a really nice job tonight. That's kind of a gem in the rough that we come across this week. Um, you know, most people are going to hear the story about how this deal came together last minute. And really, our uh, whole organization, how we're fighting to stay alive here as a company. Uh, we don't have a, a, dri a full-time driver for the rest of the season very fortunate to come across Derek to come down here and showcase our equipment and show everybody what we can do I've been telling everybody for the last two years hey we get the right we get the right driver we get the, the right group together we're, we're going to go back to our winning ways winning ways like we were in 16 17 uh, with the Cunningham Motorsports group so really proud of my guys proud of Paul proud of Bob proud of everybody on the team uh, we, we had the best race car tonight everybody here knows that uh, they they couldn't hold us off with fresh tires and ours having 150 laps on them. We just run out of time there. Uh, you know, you win some and you lose some that way. So I've been on both ends now. Uh, I, won, I won a couple at Lucas Oil by waiting to the end to get my tires there. And tonight it just didn't pay off. Uh, Paul called a great called a great race. I overrode him. I was the one that decided to, to wait to come get our tires. And looking back, uh, it's probably a pretty aggressive move out of my part. But I think everybody here knows I'm a pretty aggressive person. So. Uh, we come to win. That's all we come to do. And I feel like we gave ourselves the best shot tonight. And, you know, good Lord above just had a different plan. You absolutely gave yourselves the best shot. And in terms of the rest of the year, I know you said you don't have a full-time driver. Any concrete plan for the rest of the year or kind of just as it comes, you'll take it? Uh, no, nothing concrete, nothing in stone. Um, I really haven't had a lot of conversations with any drivers uh, about the future. It's unfortunate. We lost Ford Performance last year. Um, they went to DGR camp, uh, and you know we're kind of the team in the in limbo right now. You got the the Toyota teams, which are just funded to no end, and it's a a great manufacturer doing great things for teams at this level. And you know we're just. Uh, really in limbo as far as what our future is we we may show up to expanded race we may show up to a truck race we, we really don't know what we're going to do right now but uh we've always been primarily focused on this arca program and you know looking forward that that's what i'd like to continue to do but we all know that it takes funding and uh, we just don't have that right now as you said they knew they knew you're here tonight so nice job yeah thank you third place was ty gibbs kyle and i uh I think he's kind of like the new Chase Elliott, kind of like Dad Moffitt's the new Chandler Smith because he just hates it for his guys, doesn't he? I mean, he was so every hard time. on himself, this time specifically, but every time he loses a race and doesn't finish top two when he has race winning speed, which is pretty much all the time, he beats himself up He so was hard. actually the most depressed third place finisher I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Trackside after the race. Head down, 
seemed really disappointed. I mean, strong run yeah. to open the season. He's always super depressed, and I get it because you're running with Joe Gibbs Racing Car. Like, that's top-notch equipment. But man, he was he was down in the dumps, and you can hear it in this interview, too. He basically cut me off. I was going to ask him another question, and I basically said, do you think you could have done anything different? And he said, yeah, but I don't really want to share it right now. No offense to you. Sorry, buddy. I actually cut that out of the interview because it was bad audio anyway. But that's what he said afterwards. Is this bad audio, too? Uh, yeah, I would probably <laughs> I would probably assume so. Anyways, here's Ty Gibbs. Heck of a run for Ty Gibbs tonight. Just came up a little bit short there at the end. You got the lead on the restart, and then Sam got back by you. Just take me through the last few laps from your perspective. Yeah, you know, I, I just I feel like I kind of just flew it there. I, I kind of let a lot of people down. My grandpa, Mitch Covington, my sponsor, Monster, is here. They mean so much to me. They mean the world to me, and I feel like I just let them down. You know, I, it sucks to have that feeling. And I tried. I drove as hard as I could. I just feel like I just blew it. How about Tanner Gray, too? Wild ride for him on oh my the front God. stretch wall. He had some choice words for Max McLaughlin. So basically what happened was Max forced it on the inside going into turn three underneath Mason Diaz and Tanner. And then when they were coming off of turn four, they ran out of room, ran out of real estate. Tanner went on the wall, they found literally room. on the wall. They found room that wasn't there. On the fence. So Mason was crashed, Tanner was crashed. Max had some rear bumper damage. and. When I caught up with Tanner, he was a-okay. Thankfully, he was fine, but he was not too pleased with Max. First of all, glad you're okay. Second of all, what led to that wild ride for you? Uh, I mean, a combination of things. Obviously, I put myself in a bad spot when I spun the tires on that restart. And then, um, I mean, the one's an idiot, so he always has been and always will be, I guess. So whatever. Um, it is what it is, but I put myself there and, Nothing really else to say, I guess. You know, I just I gotta do a better job of putting myself in better positions throughout the race and staying away from from idiots. Up until that point, how do you think you were doing overall? Uh, I felt like we were pretty good. I felt like we were saving. Uh, I felt like I I got hung up between behind the twenty five for sorry, for a good bit, and I felt like that hurt me a little bit. I felt like if I could have cleared him, and then um, yeah, I mean, I think if I could have cleared him and got away, then we'd have been a little bit better, but. Still, even if you do that, then he's in the position I'm in, and I'm in the position he's in. You know, at the end of the day, it comes down to Max is an idiot, and that's all there is to it. Like, it is what it is. Pretty much ready to be done with Speed Weeks at this point. Not a good couple races for you, I know. No, man, I'm ready. We've uh, we've had fast cars. I mean, we struggled with this thing for the past two days, but uh, you know, I'm proud of everybody. They stuck with it, and um, it gave me a good car to race. So that's what matters. And, um, I guess, you know, at the, at the end of the day, we've had fast cars, and that's something to be positive about. So uh, I'm excited to, to go over to, back to Daytona Friday and, and, and get in the truck and, and make my debut there in the truck. So um, that'll be fun, and hopefully it goes better than the past two races. Glad you're driving. Thanks. How about that, huh? Smell a little rivalry brewing? I saw your tweet on Arca Racing's Twitter yep. uh, shortly after the incident, and I was uh, a little surprised that he was that spicy in his comments. And then when I went back and listened to it further, he said he's an idiot, always has been, always will be. So not just he's an idiot and that's all it comes down to, it's that he always has been one. And he always, and he will, always be. will be one. He's telling the future. Correct. Tanner Gray can predict the future. So, of course, Kyle, as good journalists do, I like had to you. get the other like side you. of the story. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Thanks. Appreciate I, you. I mean, anytime. I had to get the other side of the story, so I asked Max what he thought about the comments, and I'll let you hear for yourself what he had to say. Max McLaughlin involved in that big crash when Tanner Gray went on his side on the fence. He had some strong words to say about you, basically said that you were an idiot, always have been, always will be, although he did put himself in a precarious position. Just curious, your vantage point and thoughts on those comments. I don't care. What about the incident itself? What did you see from your perspective? Yeah, no, uh, we're hard racing. You know, they held me up for 40 laps there. It's really tough to pass here. My car was tight, so, um, you know, I feel bad for uh, the 25 car. You know, uh, we made it. You know, he, he bobbled and got them two got together off of two, and, uh, you know, I got under him and, uh, you know, cleared him there. Or I did clear him, obviously, uh, or three wide, but um, I was past both of them on the bottom there under the apron. And, uh, you know, next thing I know, my right rear's hooked, but, uh, I mean, you can run three wide here all day if you have three drivers that are, uh, you know, capable of running three wide, but obviously we didn't. So uh, it is what it is, but, uh, yeah, Tanner, great kid. Uh, I don't care. Short and sweet, huh? Yeah. 
Yeah, you would think he would be long-winded than that. Yeah, you would think so. Well, in fairness to him, when I asked him about the actual race, he was very forthcoming and very gracious with his time and information, but he didn't really want to Not touch about that, that incident. Uh, no. Gray incident. No. He, well, you know, he wasn't the one that ate the fence, so. That's correct. That's correct. Thank, actually, thankfully, in real life, thank God the fans were okay because oh, yeah. that was pretty scary from up here. Yeah, and actually, I, I don't want to put the mic down, but I think the fence still might be roped off I believe from, it is, from a couple yeah. nights ago. So. Yeah. Um, Safety precaution. Were they were they tying it together with like zip ties? They I think they had cables tying them together originally. I'm honestly yeah. not sure what they did at that moment, yeah. but it is still roped off. So yeah. safety though, you don't want oh, somebody yeah. sitting there if it's not 100 oh, yeah. percent ready. Sa- safety first, 110 percent. So we're glad Tanner's okay, Mason's okay, Max is okay, and more importantly than anything, that all the fans are okay. So that was the Arkham and Art Series East race. Let's talk a little bit before we get to the Cup Series, guys and gals. How about the new Smyrna Speedway World Series of Asphalt Stock Car Racing? It's a mouthful. In general. So we got a bunch of different divisions here over the next, I mean, not the next, but for a, what, nine-day nine nine period? So you got tour-type mods, Florida mods, pro-late models, super-late models, bombers. I mean, what, what don't we have here? I don't. The only thing we're missing is pickup trucks, I think. I haven't we seen any some, trucks. We should get some monster trucks out We here. can get anything. I mean, they will add anything to this I show at this rate. I went to the other week at Capital One Arena in D.C. And was that any good? Well, I actually found out midway that Kobe died, but other than that, it was great. It wasn't that good then. No. Not a good day. But it was fun. Anyways, I mean, there's a ton of racing going on here. I mean, Matt Weaver is kind of the, the quote-unquote mainstream journalist in NASCAR yes. media who's been here every night. But we've been here every night. ton of action. Um, I will say the pro late model race the other night, that was 35 laps, but literally, and when I say literally, I mean actually took an hour and a half to complete. Yeah. That was a, a little bit of a, how should I say this, um, terrible race. A little bit of a disaster. Um, they have one a year, though. Every year that oh, division yeah. has one. They always do. I mean, last night's super race was phenomenal. Incredible. And tonight, as we're recording this, we have the John. John. I was going to say Jimmy. John, John. Blewett the third. 76 Memorial. That is 100% correct. I love me. You're going to get it by the end mods. of the night. Yeah, I hope so. You better love mods. I love tour type mods. Florida mods are like, yeah, good. They're all right. They're all right. Ground pounder tour type mods. That's your wheelhouse. There's an old time ground pounder behind us. I see it. And that is really vintage. Who is that? I don't know, but it's like 1940s. It's a blue number 40 snap on mod. He may start the race. He may. You never know. So, I mean, these things are badass. The whole week is badass. And Kyle, you cover the mods. More and better than anybody that I know. And no, that's not just blowing smoke Thank you. up your Thank head. You. So what have you thought about this week in general? I know it's not your first time down here as your family comes down every single year. Your dad, Joe, what did he say? This is his 42nd year here? Yeah, 42nd year in a row. Good God. So, I mean, you're not you're not on your dad's level, but you've been here a handful of times. At what least, do you think of this At year? least 20. I mean, the, the thing that stands out to me, the parking lots are packed oh, every yeah. single night. I mean, these parking lots are completely jammed. The racing's been really good. I mean, last night's third type mod race, a little bit of a dust up for the win, right? Craig Lutz, Anthony Nocella. The first night, Nocella dominates. Tonight, I'm sure it'll be a different story. You got a cup guy in the field for the mods. Super late models, been crazy. Ty Majeski runs last night. Derek Griffith, Steven Nassi. Yeah. This is everything a race fan would want in grassroots racing. It's all right here yeah. for nine straight nights. And knock on wood, or whatever this is, metal, uh, Hopefully the weather's gonna stay this good the rest of the week. Yes, I oh, could have been. The table is what? Knock on the table. I could have been in shorts and a t-shirt if I wasn't working every day. Oh yeah, 100%. all night. One, one, the first night I think it was what Friday night. It yeah. was freezing. Yeah, first night was chilly. But other than that, I mean it's been sweatshirt great weather. weather. Yeah, shorts. Nothing and crazy. That's Nothing my crazy. Type of weather. Um, so the World Series here has been great, and like you know, Kyle. I mean, where I where I live, there's not really any what local shame. grassroots racing. Like the closest thing that I have is probably. Hagerstown, Maryland, but I've actually never even been to that track. Like, Richmond and Dover are the closest thing that I got. There's no local tracks near me, so, like, when I first started covering K&N stuff uh, a few years back, the companion races with K&N, that was the first time that I ever saw short track racing. So I saw these, like, Legends cars, Bandoleros, like, pro trucks. I was like, Cool oh. stuff. Like, this is what people talk about when they talk about, like, grassroots racing. It's, it's pretty cool to see. So I'm glad that we're here together. Uh, suffering in the 95 degree press box. Well, we were in the cool box. We were in a earlier. very cool, air conditioned uh, suite. It does suite. say VIP passes on the door. I just noticed that. Yeah, we got hard. I cards, thought we had so. VIP, but I maybe mean, we not. got sparkly wristbands. We got there's hard free cards. beer in there want? and some other stuff. What do they want from us? Huh? I I don't know. 
Give me an app. Come on, give me a little boss. I don't know. I can't do it unless it just happens it. to come up. I gave you re I bought you Reese's I know. Cups. There are Reese's you hear Cups. This? There That's are a Reese's, Reese's wrapper. That's for later when I'm bored. Well, and the pro weight models are wrecking again, yeah, which they will, might do. You have to give me a little bit of a Boston before the It'll night come. Down. It'll come. All right. Thank you. So let's move on to talk about the cup guys and gals. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., he wins the poll for the 62nd annual Daytona 500. I think I know what you're going to say, but to me, this was an upset that nobody really saw coming. Major. I thought Hendrick Motorsports had it locked up. I mean, one of their four cars, they all qualified top six or yeah, seven. And I think Hendrick has won the poll the last four years. Four or five years. Yeah. yeah I was convinced at the beginning of the day, Jimmy Bowman, Johnson. Byron, Jimmy Johnson, because too. Because you know all the conspiracy theorists it's with, true. The, with the poll. He had Danica that one year. You Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon, William Byron, yeah. Chase Elliott. Yeah. So this year you figure Jimmy Johnson last full-time year. Hendrick's yeah. always quick and qualifying. It's got to be the 48. But it was Ricky Stenhouse Jr. with an Hendrick engine, albeit. And Alex Bowman's on the front row for the third year in a row. So he's going to have a solid starting spot too. And Ricky Stenhouse, I mean, I know, listen, the Daytona 500 pole is probably the biggest pole of the year for yeah. a race team. But how much does it matter when it comes to the race? Doesn't. Probably not that much. It, it doesn't but, uh, matter. Brand new team for him. Brand new car. Oh, Good yeah. start. You got you to gotta say it's a great start for him. And at media day today, I was just staring at his mullet. I mean, it's just. It is pretty impressive, actually. It's a hell of a main. It is impressive. So let's hear from the pole sitter himself. Assuming he does not wreck in his duel, which will take place tomorrow night, probably by the time you're listening to this tonight, or it has already happened, so you know the answer. Unless he wrecks, he will be on the pole for the Daytona 500. It's uh, the best driving Camaro I've ever driven. So um, now it's cool to, to keep the streak. And, you know, it's something that you don't really think about when, you know, Mr. Hendrick shows up in victory lane knowing that, you know, we're, we're running his engine package, you know, going to the engine shop and, and seeing all the guys a couple weeks ago and uh, just saying hey to him. You know, it's something different that I haven't driven. So to keep the streak alive of, of the, the Chevys and, and Hendrick engines on the uh, on the pole and on the front row is uh, is pretty cool because I know everybody at JTG Doherty Racing has, has worked really hard this off season, and um, you know I think that's what makes it special to me is knowing that uh, you know those guys put in the effort, they put in the work. Uh, not only just the work, but they knew exactly what to do to, to make our cars fast. And, um, you know, it's, it's a good, good way to start uh, our new relationship uh, with JTG. All right, Kyle, we're getting down to it. Let's just jump right into the bush trash. I mean, sorry, the, the bush crash. Oh, sorry. The, Let me try that one more time. The bush clash. All of those things in one. Yeah. I go with crash. I like trash better. Trash is good. Because, like, when you say trash, it's just such an insult. It is. You know what I mean? It is. Like, if, like when you're watching a Celtics game, like Kemba's talking smack, you're like, trash. Yeah. You know? Trash is it's, just so much more, like, in your face, yeah. like you suck, you know? It, um, it wasn't that great. The clash, the crash, the trash, whatever you want to call it, it was interesting. Subpar. I think you can say. So a little peek behind the curtain. So as the race was winding down, the first, like, two-thirds of it were pretty boring. Single, Single file, file racing, yep. kind of riding around. And this is when I think you know that you need to shorten the race or do something. Fuel strategy was coming into play. You cannot have that in an exhibition race, albeit at Daytona, yeah. albeit in the Clash, which is a historic event. You had like one pack of ten, and then the other pack of ten, like three quarters of a track behind, and they yeah. still caught up. Oh yeah, and easy. That's, and that's when the wrecking started happening. Yeah. So you had a handful of wrecks. Joey Logano went down to block Kyle Busch. Brad Keselowski got involved in that. He was not happy. Then you had another wreck with um, Denny Hamlin being pushed by Chase Elliott. He gets a flat tire going into turn three wads up all the field. Then you had another one with Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson. You had another one on the restart with William Byron and Ryan Newman. With I gotta think there was something on the track. Because there's no Absolutely. way two cars can get that squirmly that quick on the trial. It was ridiculous. So you had a ton of wadded up cars and wouldn't you know it, the one most wadded up car still running, still on the lead lap wins the dang race. Eric Jones gets a huge push from Denny Hamlin. How did that happen? I uh, honestly have no idea. I was actually listening to an audio clip today from Media Day with Eric Jones, who I don't know if you talked to him, actually basically said that he felt like it worked because his car was so damaged that he could put his foot on the floor and really not go anywhere. And Denny Hamlin just shoved him right along. And that's what Denny said, too, because he also had damage on his nose. Yeah. Albeit nowhere near as bad Absolutely. as the 20s. But he had so much damage on his nose that he could not be pushed. He was the one that could only push yeah and eric was pretty much the same way he was at the mercy of whoever was behind him and they talked I'll, I'll i'll let you hear from eric right now but basically they were saying 
I'm glad that they didn't see us coming because I thought they were going to come and block us and we we're going to have maybe another wreck. But number albeit, 10. Yeah, jeez. Eric Jones is the winner of the Bush Clash at Daytona, being pushed by a lap down car and his teammate. You know, when the 42 and I kind of started swapping back and forth there coming to the white, I was like, man, we're, we're probably out of it now. I was so slow by myself with all the damage. Um, I just started looking for the 11. I knew he was out there, and I figured uh, Rick, had, my spotter, had told me he would help us out. So I'm just kind of looking for him, and he started getting ahead of steam, and he started pushing me, and I'm like, I don't know if we're going to get going fast enough to even catch him um, because we were both pretty damaged, and we started – getting a little momentum. I started getting a little sniff of air off those guys in front of me, and um, we got a good run off of two. And I'm like, oh, we're, we're going to get there. We just got to anticipate the block. And those guys were so focused on each other that they we started passing them, and I'm like, oh, okay, and we just kept going. <laughs> so um, I was like, hell, yeah, I mean, we're going to win the race. So it was really cool. It was, it was a strange race, obviously, uh, from a lot of aspects, craziest race I've ever been in, let alone won and definitely the most damaged car I've won with. But, you know, just when he started pushing, I had it to the floor. That's as much as my car had, you know, with all the damage. And I was just hoping we could get enough momentum to at least have a shot to get back to the front. So there's the winner. And Joe Gibbs said it pretty well in victory lane, too. I think he said we spent a million dollars to win a trophy today. No points, not a big purse. And, I mean, do you get bragging rights? Like, not especially with this race. No, because by Sunday morning, nobody will remember that. I don't. Maybe they'll remember the crashing, but I don't think. I, I think honestly, by, I couldn't I remember by even like who two won. Two hours from the checkered flag, nobody really cares who won. They I, just remember the the trash. Fair enough. Fair crash. enough. Fair enough. But I think Kevin Harvick said it pretty well himself, as only he can. Uh, I tweeted out what he said at, in the infield care center, and also kind of a peek behind the curtain. So I, I went out to pit road for the end. Big crash happened. Ran to the infield care center. Got the got the drivers that came Which out. Which is a far run, to be honest. Ran back to pit road. As I'm running back there, another crash happens. So I run back to the infield care center. And then, as I'm finishing there, I'm walking to pit road to see if anything else is going to happen. And at that point, I was like, I I'm just going to go back to the media center because, yeah. like, there's nothing that can be done here. And it was funny. Matt Humphrey, actually, I was walking by him, and he goes, we're bringing finishers two through three to the bullpen after the race because they usually say two through ten. But there was nobody running. Yeah, so. there was nobody left out there. I think six cars finished. Yeah, something like that. Kevin Harvick was not one of them, but he said it pretty well himself what this race kind of means as only Kevin Harvick can. That's just the race when we unload the cars. I mean, you know, it's just uh, we're just going to burn a couple hundred thousand dollars of the owner's money, um, load them up in the truck, and head home and try it again next week. Another peek behind the curtain here. So I know what all these audio clips are, and Kyle has no idea. I have not heard any so of them So what did you think of that audio clip? I think he said it pretty well, I don't you? I think Kevin Harvick usually sums things up pretty dang well himself, so I'm comfortable with it. I'm uh, comfortable with what he said. Yeah. I feel like it was good. I agree. And Joey Logano was a story because Brad was super mad at him. I think he still is after what we asked Joey and Brad today at Media Day. I mean, they're going to get over it. You know, it's one of those Maybe. things that, you know, you win some, you lose some. You're going to agree to disagree, but... Joey, um, it was actually funny. You couldn't really hear it at the end, so I cut it out. But he basically said, all right, you guys done? All right, I, I got to go. They're, they're, they're still crashing. So here's what Joey Logano had to say of the blocking that was going on with the first big wreck in the clash. Yeah, it was the, um, you know, Kyle to run. I blocked it to the bottom. Blocked it back to the top. Uh, thought I did a good job blocking, and then he just got to the inside of me, and it really wasn't a hole, and it just hooked me around. Uh, so that was the first crash and then they wrecked on a restart that was the other crash but we didn't really hit anything on that one and then the last one then he blew a tire and dang it <laughs> I was the last one. I almost made it through I needed about uh, three feet yeah apparently we all suck at this because there's only like three cars running right now so I wouldn't say anyone's really good <laughs> so, um, I mean, I'm going to Disney World too so I'll see him there <laughs> I'm sure he's alright we got a long fight I don't think he's going I think that's enough uh, recapping of Speed Weeks for now, don't you? Yeah, I mean, we're going to, I mean, once the Daytona 500 comes around Sunday, we're probably going to be talking about more wrecking. You want to send us into the transition to preview the Great American Race? Well, let's do it. Sunday, the 62nd annual Daytona 500 at Daytona National Speedway, Sunday. And you know who's coming to the Daytona 500? POTUS. I, so I hear. They actually put a 30-mile so drone yeah. restriction can't fly around the area. Do not Dude, put your drone. Why did I even come to Daytona if I can't fly my drone? I mean, I had already done it like you 10 times this it. week, so I'm good it. for now. I'm curious as to what the security is going to be like for like so, fans. Because, I mean, for us, I mean, 
I mean, I'm going to get there super early. Yeah, me too. Like 5 a.m. probably. I don't, know, I don't know about my dad. And also, I heard that, like, they might make media choose whether or not they are in the press box the whole day or the media center the whole day. I think that's a possibility. I was actually I hate that. If that's maybe a quarter of your size when I was, like, maybe 10 or 9 at Daytona when, when George, George Bush, Bush came. came yeah. And I remember the security. We missed, I swear, we missed the first 50 laps of the Daytona 500, really? the year Dale Jr. won, because Bush was there and there was such a long line. I think I might sleep in the press box Saturday night <laughs> at this rate. I might hit up one of the drivers and be like, hey, you got your motor coach still in the infield? Yeah, something. Can I crash, please? Um, so that's going to be interesting, to say the least. Yes. Exciting, um, though, for the sport. Definitely. Yeah. Again, like, no politics here or anything, but it's just cool that, like, the president of the United States is coming to the Daytona 500. Absolutely. Great that we're on that kind of map. Did Obama ever come? I don't remember off the top no. of my head. I know no. Ronald Reagan came. No. Uh, I know George Bush came. No. I don't think I don't Obama know, ever yeah, came. I don't think he did. Um, but, I mean, I'm not surprised that President Trump's going to come because, I mean, he... He knows his demographic. It's going to be pretty cool, actually. I'm excited to, to see how it is. I'm sure the place will be pretty packed, and there'll be some cheering, maybe some booing. But yeah, I think it's going to be good. It's going to be a sellout. I think you'll get more cheering than booing. I mean, you have a truck and an Xfinity car that are Trump Pence 2020 Absolutely. on it, and a modified here too. Yeah. So I think there's a pit sign too. A lot of people like them. So all my uh, friends back home, uh, I know what you're probably thinking right now. But all the NASCAR fans, I know what you're probably thinking right now too. So I'm just going to withhold my judgment, and you know what we're going to do? preview this great american let's race. do it the 62nd annual daytona 500 sunday 2 30 p.m eastern time on fox ricky senhouse jr on the pole for the first time in his career alex bowman starting second uh, for the third straight year he is on the front row the lineup will be set based on the duels that will take place thursday evening now we will be here at new smyrna speedway yes we will we will not be attending the duels correct so we'll see who starts where but again starting doesn't really matter in this race it's more so just a race to see what you got for the 500. yeah i mean I, I, in my opinion the duels are uh, probably going to be the most boring race of daytona speed weeks just because you you don't want to wreck your car ahead of sunday so yeah. they're probably going to get in a single file line pit it halfway come back out race mm -hmm. the last three laps and line up wherever they line up i'm I'm going to be watching closely the 96 car of Daniel Suarez because yes. I was kind of surprised that he did not get in based on Me raw too. speed and qualifying because TRD and Toyota, I thought they were going to give him the best engine in the house. Yeah. Um, maybe they did, and the car is just not up to snuff. But um, I think they rushed things along to get the cars ready, oh, stuff like sure. that. I so. mean, they said that they were. So I'll be watching Daniel Suarez. Um, I mean, not much else to preview with this race. I mean, there's, there's an abundance of storylines, but in terms of, like, racing on the track, it's it's pretty much a crapshoot. I mean, it always is, right? I have no idea what's going to happen Sunday. I know one thing. Give me a pick. Oh, my God. That's almost impossible. I mean, if it was up to me, I think you're going to see probably one of the Toyotas win. I know that's a broad really? range, but I think a Toyota is probably. But it's the least broad of the manufacturers. Yeah. They have the least. I just think the Chevrolets. I, actually, I listened to a clip from Austin Dillon today. Maybe you heard him say it. You were there. I wasn't. Uh, about how the Chevys. I feel actually like probably overslept. Yeah, no. Well, he was there true. when I was driving. He the said that. Uh, the Chevrolets are having trouble bump drafting together, and they weren't sure they were going to be really able to fix it without being out of control. Yeah. So I don't feel like the Chevrolets, I think they'll have raw speed. I don't feel like they're going to be there okay. at the end. I think it's a Toyota, but I could be so wrong because they all could wreck on lap right, 50, and that's me, it. Give me a Toyota you're picking. I'm, I'm picking Denny Hamlin. I mean, it's plate back racing. Back-to-back. Third Daytona 500. I think it's happening. Really? I think this is Denny Hamlin's year. I thought okay. that last year, well, too. Well, I think but he's winning the championship, too. I think this is I his year. I put a year. bet on him to win the championship. You I did? I got him at, like, 6-1 to one or something like that. I, I think Maybe 8-1? He's, to one? I he's probably going to win a handful of races, and I think he'll start by winning the Daytona 500 this year. Well, that's a pretty this good This Sunday, pick. like three days from now. That's that's true. That's a good pick. I um, So, Matt Benedetto. See? I, okay, this is All what I was going to say. I actually put a bet on Matty D to win. I put like five bucks on him because he was 20, I think he was like 25 to one or something like That's that. That's a fair bet. I, I don't remember what it is, but I put five bucks on him because he was that. And I think Truex was like 18 to one or something wow, like actually. that. Actually, no. I think Matty D was like 18 to one and Truex was like 14 to one. So I See, put five on each. I don't consider Truex a, play, a great player right here. He's okay, but he's not like a top player. Yeah, but he's finished me. second in this race before. He's got the Toyota teammates to help him out. I know. I like that Matty D pick. I That's really a good do. pick at that value. But yes. he's not my pick. Who are you picking? Toyota? I'm going to put on my conspiracy hat. There we go. Jimmy Johnson's going to win the Daytona 500. He finishes his last Daytona 500, winning his third for Hendrick Motorsports. He's going to win the thing. It's going to be a huge story. Going to send NASCAR into the headlines all week long. And then, you know what's going to happen? Brett Griffin said it on DBC all the time. 
this Daytona 500, when Jimmy Johnson wins it, is going to force NASCAR to have a break after the 500 for one week so that the winner can go on a media tour all week long because this is a Super Bowl of the sport and they want to promote it as they see fit. Starting this year or starting 2021? No, next year because they're going to be like, wow, I wish we had a week to promote this. And then next year they're going to be like, well, we are building the schedule so we can figure it out. So... It's fair. I mean, the Daytona 500 has already got the date next year, February 14th. That's right. They've Happy already announced Valentine's it. Day, babe. The crash, actually, or the crash, or you call it, would actually be Super Bowl Sunday if it stays the way it yeah, is. Yeah, I don't think but it should. But I don't think they're going to do it. I think they're going to stay back to back to start the yep. year, go right out west like they're doing this year, get it done. Well, we'll see. All right. Well, that is the Daytona 500. Now let's move on to our final segment. You want to cue the music for me when I tell you to? Sure. Log Nuts of the Week. Cue the music. Very good, Kyle. Thank you. Thank Proud you. Out of you. Thank you. All right, so this is the last segment, so can we get a little Boston accent when we talk to you? I, I'll try. It just comes out once in a just, while. Just let it come Apparently, out. Apparently, I don't Joe even Sousa. know. I don't even know. Imagine I'm out. Joe Sousa. Papa Joe is somewhere in the stands in his shorts and his T-shirt. Yes, he is. His jean shorts and his Kyle Busch T-shirt. Absolutely. Um, all right, NASCAR announced on Friday that it has entered into a multi-year agreement that makes Penn National Gaming the sport's first authorized gaming operator. They're going to have a game, which is $50,000 to win. You're shaking your head. What's the deal? I did not know that. I just learned that right now. I am learning a lot in this podcast. Well, hey, Victory Lane, we we aim to learn. I'm impressed. Thank you. Uh, The interesting thing about Penn National Gaming is they took an ownership stake in Barstool Sports. And Barstool obviously has a partnership with NASCAR. They're going to be at the 2500 performing a live radio show at 11 a.m. in the Midway. I read that on Twitter earlier. Yeah, I did. What show? I don't know. But it's going to be live in the Midway. Those are my homies, so I got to see We should go out there and check them out. I will. 11 a.m. in the Midway? Yeah. All right. Well, Might be a lot of security, but we'll if see. If Mr. Trump allows me to get from place to place, um, I will be there. Exalta has extended their sponsorship agreement with Hendrick Motorsports through 2027. Yeah. Raking in the dough at HMS. Kevin Harvick, I think this is like sneaky big news. And yes. I did not see this coming. And Kyle, you know me and my past history with Kevin Harvick. I thought he was done after 2021, going straight to the TV booth. But he has signed a contract extension through 2023. This news kind of came out of nowhere. It dropped late late in the week, but he actually told us today that he signed it at the end of last year. So he's known this for a while. I'm not sure why, or I'm not actually not sure how it got swept under the rug for that long, and the, the team didn't even announce it, and he didn't really announce it. He just kind of no, slipped somebody, it in the middle of a press conference. He slipped in the middle of a press conference, and Bob Pockers being Bob was like, so did you say you, you re-signed? He's like, yep. Bob is the best. And man. he was like, before you were signed through 2021, and he was like, yep. And that was it. So, hey, I'm not complaining. More Kevin Harvick is going to be fun for everybody. Another threat. Going to be a threat. He actually said he's cutting back on his Sirius XM radio hosting duties and TV gigs to spend some more family time. So, we'll see how that works out. Keelan's getting older now. So Also, Piper. Oh, my gosh. She's so cute. I know. I I was by the car when they were getting ready for the crash. I mean, the trash. The the clash. What a great family. So cute. Jeffrey Earnhardt is going to run part-time for JD Motorsports this year. He's going to run 12 races for him. And David Starr, I wrote David Staff in my notes. <laughs> Definitely not David no, Staff. not David Staff. Veteran. Yeah, correct. He's going to run full-time with them. SMI, Speedway Motorsports Incorporated, they have pushed back on the Nashville Fair Commissioner's comments, basically saying that they haven't really engaged in comments. Kyle, this whole thing is its getting a little bit old to me. I mean, they're fighting over what? I mean, we're trying to, have, we're trying to bring events to Nashville and have them have a good time. Why do we got to fight about it? I have kind of put that in the back of my mind and just and ignored it, but I do think that they said by the beginning of April we will have the 2021 Cup schedule. So we're going to know. It's not Nashville's not going to be on there. You don't think so? No, no chance. I'm like 50-50. At the earliest, I'm not sure. I think 2022, but I think even that's asking a lot. Fair so enough. Fair we'll enough. See. Could be true. Let's run through these real quick, Kyle. Napa has extended their sponsorship of Chase Elliott through the 2022 season. His contract is up after then, so we'll see if he's able to restructure there before that comes to fruition. Las Vegas, Homestead, Atlanta, Texas, and Kansas. What do those five tracks have in common, you ask? Kyle Busch is going to run all those truck races. Yes, he is. And he's he's probably going to win them. I agree. That's right. Uh, And as we mentioned, President Trump will attend the Daytona 500. Security is going to be a pain in the B-U-T-T-A-S. But you know what? We'll get through it together. I think we're going to make it. I think we're going to make it. It's going to be a good day and uh, some sunshine. 73, looks like. It's going to be a Daytona 500 day. Speaking of making it. We made it, buddy. We made it. We got thrown out of a suite. 
We hung out. I ate my Wawa. Yes, true. We I still have my, my Reese's Cups. I'm, sh I'm shocked that one, my recorder's still alive and my computer's still 91. Alive. It only lost 9%. Yeah, but I'm telling you, it literally, I think it's because it's not connected to Wi-Fi. It literally dies within two minutes. My old computer used to do that. That's why I bought a new one. Spent like two grand. Yeah, why not? Maybe I should. Maybe, uh, probably don't. Maybe Red Shoes will pay for it. I, I doubt it. up for episode 41 of Victory Lane. Kyle, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, my friend. It's been fun. It was a pleasure. Uh, I really just need some Boston in my life. It'll come, like, once we get off okay, the mics. No, like, I, need, I need it now. I, I just don't know. I how, need it now. I don't know how to do it. JG Wentworth, I need cash now. I don't have any cash. Give me some. 20 bucks. Give me, come on, give me a little $20. Uh, $20. That's, that's not that's good. Awful. I can't do it. I can't do it unless it comes out of nowhere. Hey, where did we go to eat ice cream last night? Frosty King Cream Ring. Frosty King Cream Frosty King, Frosty Cream, whatever it was. It's actually really good. <laughs> that's, that's all and I, I just have to tell you before okay, we finish. What? When we had dinner tonight, me and Papa Joe, there was an ice cream place mm -hmm. in the plaza, and we almost stopped, but we didn't because hey, you no weren't with me. Cake. It wasn't Frosty King. With my Andy's mints on my sea salt caramel. And I had vanilla with sprinkles. You kidding me? It was pretty Delicious. good. Delicious. It was good. All right, that'll wrap things up for the Jimmy Let's Spencer go watch episode the racing. of Victory Lane. Let's go watch the racing. This has been a train wreck, but I think a, <laughs> a fun one at that. It wasn't that bad. Uh, please do me a favor. Hey, have you rated and reviewed this podcast? I actually did. Don't lie to me. I did. No, I did. The what? second episode. First, second episode. Really? I did. Yes, I did. I'm going to check And out. I listened to your last episode on the beach today. I told you that earlier. I hope you enjoyed it. I did. I did. Well, be like Kyle. Rate and review this podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Peace and love, my homies. Enjoy the Daytona 500. I'll check in with you next week, probably, honestly, live from Las Vegas because I got no time in between. And you and I will chat next week.